And so you bring up a good point because, you know, do we want to just do the the retreat and check a box or do we want to have maximum impact? And maximum impact takes work. Uh-huh. And you guys were willing to do the work, but it is work. But the bottom line is if we make easy our number one value, then we're not going to do the work. But if we make impact our number one value, then we'll do whatever it takes. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining us again today. And if this is your first time, welcome to the show. My guest today is Louie, all the way from St. John, Indiana. Welcome, Louie. Thanks, Ron. Great to have you oh, here. I'm excited to be here. Well, you're kind of like in my home. So I guess that, that's true. I, like you're hosting me, but I'm hosting you. I'm hosting you in your own home. I, don't... <laughs> I live like a two minute walk from here. So <laughs> that's true. Literally right across the street. It's so fun. Well, what I want to break open with you today, you know, as so many people know, we I co-authored a book called Unlocking Your Parish uh, in 2019 with Father James Mallon, really helping people who are involved with Alpha Parishes and people engaged in the process to, to do a good job because you can do it poorly. And so often people plug and play Alpha thinking, all I need to do is say I do it and everything's going to explode and do well. And And my experience has been that that's not the case. In fact, Every mistake I cover in that book and in any talks I do are because I've made them all myself. <laughs> I'm the number one failure I know in terms of how to run Alpha well and really try to help people learn and grow from them. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today in this series on Alpha and running it in the Catholic context is because you've made some humongous changes to a program that's been running here before you even got here. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to begin to unpack that today. Um, But maybe why don't we start with how did you come into Alpha? What was your perspective of when you first saw it? Let's just unpack that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know the answers to those questions. Yeah. So um, I first was exposed to Alpha when I was doing campus ministry with uh, an organization called Focus um, before I got the job here at the parish. And um, when I was there, I got exposed to Alpha and it was like run really small. I went to a couple sessions and got to know it a little bit. So I was I was somewhat familiar with Alpha um, before I got here. And then when I got here, we had been running Alpha already for maybe three years or so. Um, so it was kind of was already pretty established within the community. Lots of people had been through it. Um, so it, I think I got when I got hired, it was already mid season of Alpha. So I got put right into it. Oh, wow. like, I think like my second week here was like the retreat day and like um so like it was uh like i was yeah definitely i kind of jumped right into to heading up alpha when i got here mm. and alpha is a lot different because we have i love focus i love curtis martin i got to uh-huh. meet him a few times on the circuit with amazing parish and and love his passion love what they do i know we have an organization called cco in canada which is similar it's a campus ministry that's very much one-on-one ministry mm-hmm. isn't it really raising up disciples by journeying with them which is wonderful. Alpha seems to be a little bit more corporate, isn't it, in terms of an activity that a bunch of people come to. Yeah. It's a kind of a just same objectives and goals huh. in terms of introducing somebody to Christ so that they they live a life of purpose and meaning, but the way they go about it is slightly different. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a lot bigger and it's more like in that way. But I think that the thing that's really similar in 
is that it's the same skills that make someone effective in campus ministry, focus, CCO, like whatever, like it's the same thing that for people that are on the alpha team to be right. good alpha hosts. I mean, it's, it's really the same thing. I think like the organization of it, um, allows you to reach, um, just like a lot, a lot more people than like, um, just, you know, kind of going on the that three spot. or four that yeah, you yeah, could yeah. maybe, yeah. Um, so in that way it's different and it's structured different. Um, but a lot of things are similar too, which is cool. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And I see that too. It's just absolutely a similar heart uh-huh. and a similar desired outcome, uh-huh. which I love. So I want to talk, I want to break down a little bit because so many churches, and again, wrote the book simply because I was coaching into churches all the time that were running Alpha and people were making the same mistakes all the time. And again, we made them too. <laughs> this isn't casting stones. We made those mistakes and wrote the book in order to help people get things on track. In fact, I remember one time, Louis, I was asked to give a talk to a church who was going to be joining us on our Alpha, including the Alpha training. And the the pastor insisted that I come speak to his people. I said, you don't need me to come speak. You're coming to the training. Everything's covered. You're going to be okay. No, no, you got to come. I don't have anything to say. He said, no, no, you have to come. You have to come. And I didn't want to talk about what was in the training because I didn't want to steal the thunder and make that time not as useful. And so I ended up coming up with a talk called How to Kill Alpha in 10 Easy Steps. (laughs) (laughs) It was basically based on the mistakes I've made, and I see other people making Mm -hmm. all of the time. So when I, as I began to coach here at St. John the Evangelist in in St. John, Indiana here, and started working with the team, and Uh that included you, I saw the alpha that you had inherited it. Mm -hmm. And for me, because I do so much coaching in it, I could see a lot of shortcuts being taken. Not not your fault. Mm-hmm. You inherited this. You were keeping it going. But we had a wonderful conversation about, you know, maybe the fullness of what, what it could be mm-hmm. and where we were at. And I was so impressed with your willingness, because <laughs> it's a lot of work, to take that on and begin to transform it. Do you remember us having that conversation? And if so, what were your thoughts and what were you thinking when we were kind of wrestling with those like, um, yeah, I totally remember the conversation. Um, I think, I mean, it felt like a lot. I mean, it was like so many, you know, running just the way we were running alpha, which was a lot easier way of running alpha <laughs> just for the record uh, was, uh, was already a lot. So then just yeah. to be able to be like, Oh, wow, we're going to do all these changes. And like, I think to understand the why, cause it's like, mm-hmm. um, like I think for a lot of them, it, when you think about it, like, Oh, it makes so much sense. Like not having people repeat as guests. Like right. we'd always let people repeat as guests. Come and as then, many times as you want. Yeah. And then, but then it's like, no, only let them go once. You're like, wow, that totally changes the experience for guests. If they're all experiencing it for the first time versus like, wait till next week when you see like, you know, like it's so different. Um, but like being able to understand that it makes a lot of sense, but it's still is like overwhelming yeah. at first. <laughs> so yeah, being, sitting down and having somebody go through all the ways that it could yeah. be improved is overwhelming. And and one of those, and I'd like to pick apart each one for the sake yeah. of our listeners, for all the people out there that are running alpha, they're listening to this. If you're already running alpha, the reason we'd love them to, to listen to this podcast is to evaluate where are you at with these different themes? Mm-hmm. How is what we're going to say resonate with you? And if you feel called to make those changes, then have the courage that Louis and, and this parish did to make them. But let's start with the one you just mentioned. Okay. And so the whole idea of people only enjoying Alpha once as a guest, what, okay. what, what's the doubt? Like what, 
how was that received? Why do you think, like, why did we do that? Let's talk a little yeah, bit. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. So I, I think like uh, kind of like what I was saying with the why is just like allowing the whole, all the guests to be on that side of the same page. Yes. And then it also allows you to reach new people um, versus like capping your alpha with all people that have already been through it. Like doesn't really make yeah. sense. Yeah. And then it kind of also like, why would we continue to do alpha if it's just going to be most of the same people repeating it? And like, right. where is like, where is their range of growth in that? Um, how it was received, I think like overall pretty well, people understood like, oh, we're making a change this time. Like you're only able to do it one time um, as a guest. Um, some people would be like, oh, I really wanted to do it again. And I try to find a place for them to, you know, on the team, maybe being if they weren't, you know, able to be on the small group team, maybe they were able to be a well, like a, on the greeting team or something like that. Um, so and it's just explaining it to them in that right. way. I think people were super respectful um which was kind of like a nervous thing at first like because sure. like, i had people that signed up and like like oh and i had to call them like oh, you know what you're only able to do it one time as a guest and like they always got it and yeah. i just like double checked my like uh my my data that i had right um from like previous ones i mean i marked it that you're only able to do and told people that but they still signed up yeah <laughs> That's right. he won't notice i love that and and that that is scary so if you're listening today and you're saying oh my gosh that's that's a bold move it is but part of the reason for that is too is alpha can become a club mm-hmm. and if people stay and ruminate in alpha alpha becomes a club and that's the one of the kisses of death of alpha because then some people get labeled as those alpha people no we want everybody to experience alpha so they rediscover their love for jesus are filled with the holy spirit and start the fruit of it as we see people wanting to pray wanting to mm-hmm. read the scriptures want to be around other people who love jesus and for us as catholics that's not always the case and so um, we want them to move through and then enter into other ministries within the church. And so if Alpha is going to be a pipeline to develop disciples, then when people stop and stay there, your pipeline's clogged. Yeah. And so we need to kick people off the team eventually. And certainly we only invite them to come back or come as a guest once. Mm-hmm. And then if they come back again, it's because they've been invited on team, mm-hmm. not volunteers. And that's one of the other things I'd like to pick up. And maybe you were already doing that. Did you have volunteers sign up for team or did you recruit team? We already had recruited. We already were recruiting people for team. So awesome. we were, we're just doing the, the volunteers. I mean, some, so maybe some roles in it could right. be volunteered, but for like the, the team, it was always invited. Um, but we did only have, we only had two people on each team. Ah, when there's we started. a thing you made. Okay. So yeah. So we started out with just doing kind of like a, a host and helper type thing. Um, but then uh, with like your help, we, we expanded it to four. And that seemed like kind of crazy to me at first because it's like that just seems so unnecessary. You have eight guests max in a group. Yes. And then you have four extra four people on team. Like that's a huge percentage of your people on team. Right. But that honestly, I think it's been my favorite change because the invitation to be a helper, because each group now has two helpers, a co-host and a host. Okay. And the invitation to be a helper is so low entry. Right. It's like, can you listen? Can you love? Can you like pay attention to people. That's it. That's all you have to do. Like you're going to be a great helper. And it allows people to take that step of coming on team before they ever have the responsibility of it being on them. And then they can take that incrementally. Yeah. And then they're, and then they're also getting formed in like how to lead a small group because leading a small group, people often think like, Oh, that's a really simple thing. Sure. But it's also takes a lot of other skills yes. um, that don't necessarily just come naturally to most people. Right. And so being able to give them a, a place to kind of to incrementally grow in that and be formed in that and to learn about that, I think has been so awesome because I w- used to be like if to invite someone on team, I felt like they had to be like 
already have those skills because i was like you're gonna have a huge role like what if the host can't make it that week and all of a sudden week two you're leading a group yeah <laughs> like a lot of people can't do that right um but now i feel like i don't have that problem anymore because cool my that? co-hosts are totally capable of leading a group if the host isn't there because they've already had a whole season being on teams exactly to help. and so it's like it's that part's so much nicer and then also the small group dynamic i think is better because just having those extra people there that are that are I don't know, like there for the guests makes the guests feel more comfortable. It helps with conversation. It just, um, it just makes the, I think the experience for the guests so much better. So that role is really simple, but it's honestly super vital. Um, and it made recruiting for the team so much easier. I mean, the first, the first time we, we switched it, like that felt like a lot. Cause my team went from, you know, like 20 people to like 50 people, right? right. <laughs> which seemed crazy. And now our team's 80 people. <laughs> which just seems wild but there's so much energy behind it too because right. now they're like wow this many people are a part of making alpha happen like Doesn't i want to be a part of that and like there's a role that you're not going to be overly intimidated for yes and i think that's just super cool isn't that wonderful it was so fun because you just had team training this week and it was so fun that my trip coincided with yeah. that the energy coming into that room the enthusiasm the laughter the trust the prayer it's like wow what a fun group of room to be in yeah wasn't it mm -hmm. you know one of the reasons i think louis people resist the temptation one they, i think a lot of people don't know that you know you do your best when you have four team members at a small in a small group i think one of the other reasons that people push against that is they want to grow alpha so fast mm. you know like no i want more people i want more people and i love that but i would suggest and, and I'd, I'd be interested in your perspective i think it's just as important to come back and be formed on the team as it is to come as a guest and experience it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That was honestly another one of my highlights of this last alpha that we ran is to see when, when the people on the team saw themselves, like saw the Holy spirit working through themselves. It was so cool because like they, they don't even think that they're like, they're like, Oh, like the Holy spirit can, can really use me. Like what? Like I'm not really that into my faith. This is all new. I'm sure. Like I'm not even yes. sure where I'm at exactly. Right. And then all of a sudden they see someone's life being impacted by like them praying with them or just like them in a small group in there. And, and it's like, I remember leaving the weekend away and being like, my favorite part was seeing the team yes. see themselves like with the Holy Spirit using them. It was so cool. And then like, and then I remember going back and the whole team dynamic after the weekend away was so different. Right. There was so much more investment. There was so much more like, wow, I'm being used yeah. by the Holy Spirit. And they start to get the bigger picture of what Alpha can do in the context of a church, in that person's life, in friendships. Yeah. It's, it was so, and they're, they're coming alive. Yes. Like just to see them come alive in that of like living their life for other people. It was so, it was so cool. <laughs> That's so fun. And so, again, resist the temptation. I think I would suggest that the quality of our alpha is more important on our way of to growing than the quantity. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's hard. If you're a growth person, like I'm a growth person, I love things big. I love huge impact. And I remember actually starting alpha in a parish one time, being asked by the mm -hmm. pastor to do it. And I wanted to open it up the whole church. And he said, no, we need to do it just as a small group first. And that's so frustrating for me because I want to go as fast as I can, as quick as I can, mm -hmm. but it was so wise. I'm so glad that 
that person, the pastor was more focused on quality and doing it well. So we went from one table or one small group to two small groups the next season to four small groups the season after that to six small groups the season after that. And so Alpha did grow, but it grew based on great uh, quality. Yeah. I think we were a little bit reversed. So like, so we started out, we, we did do like a, this is before I got here, but we did like a piloting group, which was great. And then we launched it really big. I think we had 300 guests. Come oh, no. First, like is that right? Something like crazy. It's exciting. It but... was it was wild. And it was definitely fruitful. I mean, people's yes. lives were definitely impacted. But I think what happened was there was there was not a lot of understanding of the why behind Alpha. Sure. And there wasn't a lot of direction of like what comes next Alpha, Alpha after Alpha. There was no like development of the team as like training them as evangelists. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of just like stagnated a little bit. Mm. And then people were kind of feeling a little bit like, why are we still doing Alpha? Everybody already did it. Right. Because it wasn't connected into like, no, like we bigger vision, a bigger vision. It wasn't connected to a bigger vision. So then it got smaller again. Yes. And then now it's been getting bigger the last while. Um, but it's like, I think it's really different. And some people have been around since the start. Right. Which is cool. Sure. Um, and I think they because now the team, not only does, do we on staff understand it, but I think also the team is understanding it. Um in a whole new kind of way. Right. And I was at somebody's host the other day w- uh, during this trip who was there from the beginning and is no longer on the team. Actually, a couple of people since okay, I've been nice. here. And they don't resent it at all. They mm-hmm. understand it's just time for me to go. Mm-hmm. It's time for me to get kicked off so that we could make room for new people. And even mm-hmm. at the training, I asked people, how many of you are here for the first time? At least half the people there raised their hands, which tells me that is a very healthy team. You're making room. You're moving people through the pipeline and mm-hmm. all these brand new people you're going to get to form in the mm-hmm. culture that we're trying to build, that Father Sammy is trying to build in this church of, of growth personally, closer to Jesus, learning how to pray, learning how to listen, mm-hmm. growing in our confidence, being able to have conversations. And it's like, I think it's from that helper role of having two yeah. of them that you're able, like, we were able to invite so many new people because Again, because like mm. they, the, that entry bar is just so low. Yes. Um. So it's so much easier to invite someone new and you're not exactly sure how they would do as a host, but they're not even close to having to do that. You don't that. have to worry about that. So it's like, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when they've been really impacted by Alpha as a guest. Yes. And then they're so much better at inviting too, because they're like, Alpha actually changed my life. Right. Yeah. Well, so there's a couple of things there. There's a few things. One, but let's talk about invitation before. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit weekend too. Okay. But yeah. let's let's talk about invitation because I would suggest, and, and this may or may not surprise you, but that's probably the number one issue Catholic churches face when it comes to making Alpha an ongoing part of their culture in terms of the tool for evangelization, because we're not used to inviting. Mm-hmm. Have you guys found that difficult? And yeah, I think that's like the number one way we we still want to grow it. Yeah, um, is the invitate like inviting, getting people like to really go out and do that, and to and to develop relationships outside of Alpha season that allow you to invite to people. Just kind of that right. outward kind of focus uh, of not just staying kind of with your Catholic club. Um, but I'm really excited about like this next one in particular. Um, just I think that. Um, as the longer we've done alpha, um, and the changes that we've made, we're reaching people that, that have friends that aren't just Catholic, right? (laughs) which I think is like really helpful because like (laughs) when when we started alpha, it's just like your your typical church people, which are, they're great. They're awesome. They're so dedicated, but they don't have 
any friends outside of church. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I think like the more people that we get this that are a little bit more on the fringe, maybe they don't even go to church every week. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. But they're so much better at inviting. Right. They're they're inviting the people who are farthest away from God, which is the mission of the church. We're called to, yeah. to feed the sheep and go fishing. Yeah, yeah. Right. To reach the lost and to serve the least. Uh -huh. And and a lot of us as as churches, we're not we're not good at that yeah. yet. And it, it is cultural. So just maybe share what you're doing this season to help people to invite. Just maybe yeah, yeah. a couple tips for people yes. listening. Um, so we, we printed these in little invite cards, which I think are really nice to, to have people have them on them. I always have mine on me because yes. it has all the information on it. So if you if you come into a conversation that you can invite someone, it's like, it's great to have, have all the info there. You can sign up. These are the dates um, because it's kind of hard to remember that. Um, and then just really challenging, particularly the team, to invite people. I think that the, the training this week, I, I challenge them all to invite five people, two of them that don't go to church. Right. So you're um, very specific. Yep. We're challenging you to five. Let's make sure at least two of those five either have fallen away or don't go to, have never gone uh -huh. to church. Uh -huh. And then uh, I, like we had a homily on inviting um, and we also handed out alpha invite cards there. So kind of a similar kind of trying to get the whole church to invite. Mm -hmm. um, but I think really like the team leads the way for that. I love that. Um, and then also, it's cool to see people sign up. We've seen it a lot of, of like, oh, I've heard about that. Yes. Of my friend told me about that, um, which I think is really cool, too, of like it's being supported by like people are talking about Alpha. Yeah. Not during Alpha push time. <laughs> like It's right. just like really cool. It's becoming part of the conversation, yeah. the fabric of the conversation in the community. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I really think that when people recommend something to you, mm. you're so much more likely to go to it. I mean. I wouldn't really go to a party and just be like, oh, it's like a random party going on. Like, why would you ever go? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. If my friend was like, hey, I'm going to this. I went to it last year. It was super fun. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Like, just come and try it out. You're so much more likely, to, especially because it's so intimidating if you're not religious to go into a church. I couldn't. I mean, agree can you more. think about the more most intimidating? I mean, imagine going into like a Buddhist temple. Right. Like I would feel so uncomfortable. I'd have no idea what to do, no idea what to expect. Right. And if someone wasn't there, kind of holding my hand, there's no way I would ever go. Full stop. <laughs> like you know. Full stop. Um, but like, I think that's where like, if we're gonna reach people that are disengaged with church, there is. It's only going to happen through invitation. I agree. That's 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 going to be it. I love um, that. But that that takes a lot of people behind it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's something that we kind of constantly have to bring up and bring up and bring up mm -hmm. and challenge and challenge and challenge uh, because mm -hmm. it's not going to come natural. <laughs> no, it's not. And I love that because you you're on that. Not only do you you had uh, relational ministries, which includes Alpha and the follow ups and so on. But you're also on the leadership team. And so you work with Father Sammy and the rest of the leadership team to prioritize invitation. Mm -hmm. I know you're speaking at the masses this weekend mm -hmm. and you guys have put together a, a testimony video. Mm -hmm. And so the, you guys are really pulling out all the stops to make being invitational a part of the culture here. Yeah. But it's not easy. And that yeah. is one of the things that I think people struggle with. Let's let's transition back over to okay. the weekend. Did you guys always do the weekend? So we've always done a retreat day. We've never done an overnight with Alpha. Um, we've done different things with it before. Um, but we also um, stayed away from a lot of the Holy Spirit type parts of it. Um, we would do prayer teams. But we would always take out I don't remember which video that is on the weekend, but the yeah. one that really gets after it, we would yeah. always take that out. <laughs> don't want to um, freak anybody out. So let's just avoid the topic altogether. Um, so we always had elements of it. It was always great. Um, 
but when we did the weekend away and we really kind of went all out for it one it was seemed like so much work because like sure. coordinating something like that the i weekend, mean there's yeah. so many like just detailed questions that were like how are, how are we going to pay for this how are we going to yeah like uh, when are we going to start pushing it like where are we going to go i mean there's so many things um, but it was like 100 worth it because of how i saw people's lives be impacted i mean we had someone in my group that literally never smiled for the first seven weeks he wasn't christian wow. um like always looked so depressed is it I, only christians that smile <laughs> I just want to clear that up. <laughs> um, but he went on the weekend away. Uh, and I mean, we had to like kind of beg him to go. We had to beg yeah. him to go. We had to pick him up to go. Like he, I can't believe he even came. Sure. Um, but he was and one of the other guests. He wasn't going to go get prayed with. And then one of the other guests texted him during that time. And he went and he was totally changed. Like after that moment, he was laughing and interacting and hugging people. Um, and like, it was so cool to see like kind of the night and day difference. Um, and just like how there's particularly one of the guests who she's now back on team. She's awesome. Um, but she was like, just like made him feel so comfortable. And mm. like, I, I didn't even know if he was going to stay for the weekend, but it was just, it was wild to see him be so impacted and then see how it affected him the rest of alpha. Um, mm. Which I just don't think we would have had that. Like if we would have scrammed it all into a day. Which I don't a lot of people do. Um, yeah, which is where we're at. Better than first. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think he would have had a chance to settle in and get comfortable too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was true for a lot of people. It's like having that like weekend away really, um, really allows you to kind of get in a different place. Mm. Um, and it was just so fun. It was so much <laughs> it, fun. Oh, you were there for it too. I was. I was doing the <laughs> online part for you guys, so I was a little bit disconnected. But I had I had a ton of fun. We were karaoke but, before. <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> You guys know how to party here in Sean, Indiana. I just love it. It's very true. That's awesome. And so you bring up a good point because, you know, do we want to just do the the retreat and check a box or do we want to have maximum impact? And maximum impact takes work. Uh-huh. And you guys were willing to do the work, but it is work. But the bottom line is if we make easy our number one value, then we're not going to do the work. But if we make impact our number one value, then we'll do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And so good on you guys for doing that. Now, when it comes to cutting out videos and stuff, uh, the weekend, you know, cutting out that to make it easy, just trusting in the process of, of that whole weekend, you saw the benefits of it. You saw the team love it. What about, what about the the other videos? How was that always? Did you always do the full 11? Tell me a little bit about that. I don't know that. if we ever did the full 11 um, <laughs> until last time. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what we did at the beginning, but when I got here, it was seven weeks. Sure. Um, and so we had cut out several of the videos, including the healing, the healing video. Right. Um, so that the, this last time was the first time we we did the healing um, healing night. And that was, that was awesome. So tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had, uh, that was another time of just like seeing the, the, the team have the Holy spirit used. like someone in my, in my group in particular was healed of a back injury since she had, since she was eight years old. Um, and she's has no pain, full recovery. She's pregnant right now. It's the easiest pregnancy she's ever had. Um, and like, even that gives me goosebumps. like her mom is like, mom, you're different now. Or, or her, sorry, child. her daughter yeah, yeah. is like, mom, you're different. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, but what happened with, during that time of prayer in the small group, it was nothing crazy. Right. The person said the most normal prayer ever. And it was just so cool because it was like 100% the Holy Spirit using. Right. And, and then people got to witness that. Mm. Like she, the next week she comes back and said she had a full recovery and everyone's like, 
like how crazy like I was there I saw the prayer happen it was nothing it was nothing wild it wasn't this perfect litany of the right words and the right formula and the right combination of body language and tone of voice and lighting had nothing to do with any smoke and mirrors the simplest honest prayer from the heart yeah um so it was so cool and people were opening up about all kinds of things hmm. um during the healing night and i think people experience a lot of other kinds of healings not just sure. physical but we had three physical healings 100 percent happen in between the in-person the online um which is so cool and that's just, that's just what i know of there might have been sure. more um but i know that people experience yeah just a lot of amazing things and i think that yeah the, the team in my group i i also realized just like the role of the helper in mm-hmm. that i mean one of one of my helpers, um, she was the first one to share vulnerably and it totally changed everyone's comfort levels after that. Mm. Every, after that, every single person shared vulnerably and our group got so close. Um, so it was like totally like a bonding moment um, uh, with our group. Isn't that something? Yeah. It, it really does take somebody to be courageous, to be real, mm-hmm. to make it safe for other people to dare to be real. And it really can't come from the host. In a lot of ways. I mean, you can obviously be vulnerable as the host for Important, sure. Yeah. But like when it comes from like, because the helper feels like a peer to yes. them. They don't even realize that there's a helper. Right. Um, but when they share vulnerably, it has a whole new kind of impact than when the host shares vulnerably. Right. Um, so I think that this like having the team is so good. And how they work together. Yeah. Is so important. And having it come after the weekend away, it was already like people were really opened and. Yeah, there's yeah. a process. Alpha is a process, isn't yeah. it? And, and I think sometimes we try to shorten it up. And we try to cut corners because it's easier. We don't want to take too much of people's time. We give all kinds of excuses why we can't follow the recipe. And I've always, I always strive to help people like follow the recipe, like completely to the best of your ability for like, I don't know, four sessions. And then if you're not seeing changed lives, then start to carve things off. But don't start from a place of carving off. But I say that once you get to four, then just go to 400 and then start to carve things off because it's worth the effort. It's worth the work and good on you guys. So so not only did you add the the Holy Spirit component in and, and, and not back away from it, but lean into it and see what that looked like and had the impact it had. Yeah, so the because the other scariest time during Alpha, if if there are scary times, it's the the healing because we know we can't heal anybody, and and to ask and what if somebody doesn't get healed, then I'm going to feel silly. Like it's just it it I can see why people back away from uh-huh. it, but you guys had the courage to lean into that, even though it's just risky. Yeah, you know, it, or you feel like it's risky. It's not risky because it's all about God and He's going to do what He's going to do. We don't have to take responsibility for that. Yeah. But some people do, and therefore they back away because they can fear failure. I don't know. Yeah, and like it doesn't, I feel like it, like definitely we're going to do things a little differently for sure. This like when we do the healing night this mm-hmm. week, this year. Um, But like just doing it, I feel like even if it's not perfect, even if it doesn't go yeah. perfectly smooth, even if it's a little awkward sometimes, like yeah. it's okay. Right. Um. And like people like know the genuineness of your intentions and yes. um, it doesn't have to be perfect. None of alpha has to no. be perfect. Amen. And it's never going to be because you're dealing with people. So it's going to be super messy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think like even, true. even just like that idea of like, okay, how are we going to follow like with like uh, following the recipe as mo- mm. most as closely as we can. Yes. You're never going to be able to follow it perfectly because people, you know, you can say six to eight people in your group. Six to eight guests, probably rarely going to really happen. Yeah, you have eight guests and only two of them show up. It's like, oh, no. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) four people bring friends, even though you don't have a room. You're like, oh, I guess we have a group of 15 today. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> but like having the ideal that you're shooting for um uh, there's one other thing i was going to share about oh about like it, making it longer too i what i realized um again it's kind of intimidating it was intimidating to say like 11 weeks like that's a long time the team yeah. um but then it really takes until week seven anyway right. for you to get comfortable. And like we were closing it off at week seven. Before. Just as people were getting in a rhythm of trust. And then like after we got to week 11, like I think we could go for another 11 weeks. I think people would not back out. They love it right now. Like, like man, too bad off was not 22 weeks long. <laughs> right. Yeah, in the beginning, we want to shorten it. At the end, we want to lengthen it when we do it well. Oh, that is so beautiful. And that gets over to the other piece, I think, or an, another piece is, and you hinted at it at the beginning, is when you went to 300 or when they went to 300, there wasn't a plan beyond alpha. And so I think that's another important evolution because you're right, people do want to keep meeting together. They have developed friendships that are surprising. Like, you, you know, you're surprised at how much you end up caring for these people you've just had dinner with. 11 weeks in a row and uh -huh. went on a retreat with. And so how has that changed for you? How have you been able to impact that? And where are you guys headed at this parish with yeah, respect yeah. to Life After Alpha? Yeah, so we just started up Connect Groups, um, which is kind of similar to a small group, but like mm -hmm. a lot larger, right. um, like 20 to 30 people. Um, and kind of as the next step after Alpha, where it's like a community that comes together, um, shares faith stories, prays, intercedes for one another, and just like genuinely grows in their faith. Um, and so that, that kind of replaced, um, small groups, what we were doing before. And the, but the thing that I like about the connect groups is, is, is there's more of a structure to it. And I like the bigger groups because it tends to be like a little bit less, like a little bit less clicky for lack okay, of a better term. Right, Not sure. that the small groups are like bad or anyway. Like no, there's, no. there's totally a place to like have like your group of people that, yes. you know, that you're, you're vulnerable with each other, but like having that kind of bigger dynamic, I feel like is really helpful for kind of having a little bit more openness. Um, to new people. Um, plus, um, it just allows people that are maybe different personalities, different interests to find people that they're going to click with in a bigger right. group. And, you know, you could go to a small group of eight people and have nothing in common with them. And maybe you'll be friends, maybe not. But at a group of 20 to 30, like you're pretty likely to find people that you really, you know, can get along with well. And um, I think that's been really cool. And just to see the community that's been formed. And we just have two going. Um, but I think people like love being there and they feel so supported in their faith. And um, I think people have probably grown more in connect groups than they have in alpha. Isn't that beautiful? Um, because it's, it's different. They're just being supported in a new kind of way. And they're in this environment of people that really want to grow in their faith. Um, which, you know, in alpha, you get a little bit more of a lot of people are still unsure. Right. They're like still trying the waters, which is what we want alpha to be. But in connect groups, most people are like, I want to grow. Right. They're committed at they're, that point. They're alpha alumni. They're alpha alumni. And they're like, how do I like really grow in this? And for so, so many, it's their first time really being in a Christian community. Right. And like not necessarily just a Bible study. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because it's not one or the other. It's yeah, one yeah. and the other. Yeah, but yeah. but but this has a place here at St. John the Evangelist. Yeah. Yeah. And for people that just don't have friends that are that are trying to live that way. I just think it's been so impactful for them. How often do they meet? Um, every other week. Cool. Um, well, one of the groups meets once a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I went to one of them during this yeah. trip and when I walked in, I just thought, Oh my gosh, I wish I was filming it because as soon as I walked in, I could see how much people are appreciating each other. And, and one person said to another person, Hey, I've been praying for you because your dad just passed. And the woman then testified about how she's felt so buoyed up by everybody's prayers in this group. And she started to cry. And then another person, uh, 
said to another person, hey, you know, I've been praying for your wife's neck surgery. How's she doing? And, and then he began to share how his group came around him during these different phases of this and supported. And none of this was asked for. This is just all organic. This people loving each other and supporting each other and carrying each other's burdens and supporting each other. That was before the night even got started, like in terms of the structure piece. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Like people are doing life together in a way that actually makes a difference and matters. And to like have it happen outside of a church building, right? I think is so impactful because it normalizes the Christian life in the home. Yes. Which is like where the Christian life lived out anyway. So like it, yeah. it so normalizes it. There was uh, one of the connect groups I went to and there was a guy that shared who is definitely not like your typical like church guy. Yeah. He shared his like faith journey. He's kind of like a manly man. And I was just thinking about how cool it was to see him share his faith journey and how rare you see that in any kind of Christian setting. Right. Like someone like that. Yes. And it was so genuine and so real. And I think he started crying when he was talking about supporting his kids and like, and this like, and this like the the whole feel in the room was so supportive. It was just really cool because I'm like, you just don't see this happen yeah. like in the Catholic Church context very often. No, we don't make platforms for people who aren't on staff and or ordained to share yeah. about how God's at work in their life in different areas. And boy, when it's kind of like what you said at the Alpha in the alpha small groups, it's one thing for the host to get vulnerable, but it's something different altogether when the helper gets vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Because if you're the one asking the questions, people are looking to you as a leader. Well, that's great. You're the leader. Huh? But when one of their peers opens up and shares, that's a horse of a different color. And I think that's what you're alluding to in these connect groups is when people like that appear gets up and shares about how God's moving him and how it's forming him and changing him and the type of dad he wants to be. It's like, wow. Yeah. It just supports everything the pastor, the leadership team, the church is trying to do, and they just don't have to be involved in it. Yeah. And then when that person shares, like, I don't know, I didn't know how I felt about growing in my faith. Like we kind of felt like we needed to. So we signed up for Alpha. And then like all of a sudden they're like, so invested and like i think they're coming to the leadership summit this weekend like right. and like they went from like being disengaged in parishioners yes. essentially into like all in yeah how cool is it's that so cool it's so cool yeah that's one of the things i love about this parish is we want to be disciples who make disciples and it's just it's just a mantra that's said all uh -huh. the time and if we mean that what tools are we going to put in place? What's our structure? How do we measure it? And how do we move in that direction? And you guys are, it's not easy, but you guys are so dedicated to continue to improve, innovate, try new things that it's become our culture is to continue to strive to be who we say we want to be. And it's just fun to watch you guys. Thanks, Ron. Isn't that fun? It's great having you help us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great being here. Thank you for sharing some of the changes. Honestly, I was talking to the director of Alpha USA for uh, Alpha in a Catholic context, Josh Dennis. And I said, gosh, Josh, you really are going to want Louie to speak into what it looks like to completely transform your Alpha to get it back on track. Because I've never met anyone in a parish ever who's made such sweeping change in one season <laughs> to try to get closer to that recipe. And to your point, you know, I've never run the perfect alpha. I, I mess up constantly. Things that work really well last time, I forget to implement them the next time. There, There's always ways that I can improve. 
And yet I think your courage, your team, the support of Father Sammy and the rest of the team to really lean into what excellence looks like. It sounds like you're seeing the fruit of that and it's really making a difference. Yeah, it's so fun. And it's way easier this year. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I feel like making the changes the first year, like, Yes. like a lot, but I feel like this season, it feels less like a lot. Only one season, like only one session later. Yeah. And yeah. like even like the weekend away, it's like, okay, it's so much easier. I have like an understanding of the steps that it takes yes. instead of figuring all the steps out. By yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and for the first time. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. Thank you for that. And thank you for listening today, everyone. You know, if you want to continue to grow in your leadership capacity, we have and on, we have a newsletter that comes out. Go to ronhuntley.com and subscribe. Uh, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of the ways that you can continue to pass this message along or to share. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you for subscribing on YouTube. That's a new platform for us. We really appreciate you joining in this journey of making parishes great. God bless you. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.